Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pardon the eruption, but I'm Pablo Torre, and I'm honored to be back on PTI because Tony wanted me back. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Easy call. We're on ESPN, too. Yeah. It's easy. Oh. Really? Today? What? Yeah, today we're this on has ESPN, big show too. En- this has big show energy. Yeah, well, you're going to have all the energy. I'm just going to lay back here for a little while and let you talk. Welcome to PTI, yeah. boys and girls. Wilbon is on the Big Boy Network right now, so I'm joined at the kids' table by our great friend, the host of the Pablo Torre Finds Out podcast, Mr. Pablo Torre. Good cheering. And we begin today again with Juan Soto, who was officially traded to the Yankees last night around 11 p.m. Eastern. This gives the Yankees two of the best five hitters in baseball, Soto and Aaron Judge. Pablo, I know you're a Yankees fan. Is this enough, or do the Yankees have to land more big talents? For example, Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Ooh, uh, Tony, I feel a little like, uh, I believe Veruca Salt is her name in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I want Yamamoto. I want that. I'm a little afraid of just being cursed and being turned into a blueberry because I've been so greedy. Okay, so I'll say this. This has fed my nostalgia, of course, because Juan Soto, this is, this is what I grew up knowing. Yes, what do you, we see something, we get it, right? And so to me, That's on right. some level, of course, now my dilemma is how do I feel about Aaron Judge at center because Verdugo's in left and Juan Soto is in right, right in front of the short porch I expect him to hit a zillion home runs right over. But do I want the Japanese guy, the pitcher who's been the Cy Young of Japan for three years in a row? Well, yeah, now my appetite is whetted. I am salivating. I want him to. Yeah, my first reaction when I heard about this was how much pressure is now on Aaron Boone, even if they don't get somebody Mm. else, because Juan Soto is that young and is that great. Aaron Boone, I believe, has been the manager of the Yankees for six years. Everybody loves him, but he has not yet been to the World Series did not make nope. the playoffs this year. They were only 82 nope. and 80. So I think that if he doesn't win the American League East next year, there could be a little bit of trouble. To your larger point about the way the Yankees used to play the game. In the last two days to get Verdugo and Soto, they traded about 50 pitchers away. And what <laughs> this tells you about Brian Cashman is that he's sitting there, he's saying, I don't care about the future. We're going for it right now. When the future has needs for us, we'll do how we used to do. We'll buy what we need. And Aaron, all the pressure is on you. What is so intriguing about Yamamoto to me, it was just a couple of weeks ago when Brian Cashman himself insulted, apparently, Giancarlo Stanton by saying he's hurt all the time because he's hurt all the time. (laughs) But he has the same agent as Yamamoto, and there was a sense that the agent was steamed. Well, the Yamamoto thing, what I went to immediately was how the Yankees watched him. They scouted him in person, and the guy threw a no-hitter. 
So look, I'm not saying that the Yankees need to do this. I'm saying I want them to do it. And I bet that they feel after watching him throw a no-no, Tony, that this feels cosmic. That in fact, yes, this is the next item on their shopping list. And by the way, cracking $300 million in payroll for the first time ever, I feel like this would be a name, even though I just learned it very recently, that would justify uh, breaking that threshold. I believe I read this or someone told me this that they have also saved Yamamoto's number 18. You know, they, yes. they're not going to take it yes. away from someone else. They'll hand it to him. Although, if the agent meets the plane on Monday that Brian Cashman is on to Southern California to meet, if the agent meets the plane and says, keep the motor running and go home because we're not <laughs> dealing with you, I got to admit that'd be funny. That'd be funny. Well, <laughs> speaking of long flights and lots of money, let's move to golf, Tony. This is your story now because John Rahm, is jumping to the Saudi tour. ESPN reports that barring any last-minute snags, the deal's for more than three years, at least $300 million. Rahm is, of course, the reigning Masters champ. He's ranked number three in the world. He's been a staunch supporter of the PGA Tour until this move, very notably. So what does landing John Rahm do for the Saudi tour? What does it mean for the PGA? Yeah, I mean, first of all, let me say that this has been in the rumor mill for a few weeks now and that Phil Mickelson apparently got it right again. The number that had been bandied about was $600 million. If that's true, it's virtually impossible for anybody to turn that down. Rom has no jeopardy in this because he won the Masters. He doesn't have to qualify for, he's automatically in all four majors for the next five years. So if the Saudi mm-hmm. tour blows up if, or if there's a merger, he's going to get his money and he's going to have eligibility into the only thing that matters. I'm confused by this, Pablo, because I thought they had a deal. I thought there was a deal between the Saudi Tour and the PGA Tour that had to be ratified coming up December 31st. If you thought there was going to be a tour, you would not aggressively go after John Rahm like this. And if you come around and you say, well, that's just sort of the way they do negotiations, I would go, I don't understand that part. Well, the second part is where my head is at because I have a feeling because, you know, um, Saudi Arabia, the crown prince, MBS, because he spends money so freely that maybe this is just what it's like to be a very expensive chess piece in a larger deal. Like John Rahm, I I, want to point this out too, and I want to know, I want to gauge your outrage on this. John Rahm being the guy who was so fervently against the live tour as a concept and now saying to himself seemingly, well, you know what? My conscience, my ethics, my whole deal has a price. I would love to be that pawn. Is any part of you even vaguely sort of bothered by this? Are you numb to the whole premise? Yes. No, 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 no. I am enormously bothered by this because the two active PGA Tour players who signed on the loudest in behalf of the PGA Tour and signed on the loudest knocking the Saudi Tour were John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. Now John Rahm bolts for the other tour, and Rory McIlroy resigns his position on the PGA Tour board and basically says, leave me alone, I just want to play golf. So when something like this happens, and they pledge their fealty to this particular tour. Fealty was the word he used. I don't, yes, I don't, I don't really understand it, and it's not something I'm going to stand up and applaud. It's not. We move on. Because it's Thursday night, there's a football game. Ten years ago, a game between the Steelers and the Patriots would have been must-watch TV. Steelers' defense was legendary, and so was the Patriots' offense. And you had Ben Roethlisberger, and you had Tom Brady. Tonight, it's probably Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky, not quite heaven. (laughs) Pablo, do you have a perverse interest in this game? 
Tony, I feel like I just got my, uh, my dose of old guys being visibly angry in the last couple of minutes. So I think I'm good on watching Bill Belichick contemplate his existence for another night. I will point this out. Um, I get why football is king. I do. This season has felt less than royal. It has felt deeply yeah. mediocre, and this game feels yep. like an, an exhibition in that mediocrity. The Patriots have scored one touchdown in three games. They've lost five straight. And on the other side is Mitch Trubisky. I'm good. I'm not here to kink shame, but I'm good. All right. So I am fascinated in the over-under number, which is 30 which is the lowest over-under number in the NFL in the last 30 years. And at the moment, as I sit here, it feels like a bargain. Because in the last three games, the Patriots have averaged four points a game. And for those of you out there who are unfamiliar with us <laughs> on ESPN2, let me repeat that, four points a game. Yeah. They have held opponents to 10 or fewer in those last three games, and they're 0-3. On the other side, the Steelers averaged 16 which isn't very good, although it's not as horrific as four. But in their last three games, they're down to 12. And Kenny Pickett, their starting quarterback, is out. And you can't blame Matt Canada for that because you fired him three weeks ago. So now yep. we got a four and a 12, which I think adds up to 16. So you could take the under on 20 and you would feel pretty <laughs> safe about this. And not only that, Pablo, but because it's Thursday night, the players are still aching from Sunday. They don't. Nobody wants to play Thursday night. Right. So I, I actually feel bad. I think that Tomlin is going to be a Hall of Fame coach. I know Belichick is. I feel bad for their circumstance. I do. I do. Tony, I feel like most of America is going to be exactly like you by about the second quarter of this game, which is unconscious voluntarily or not. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Let's take a break. Coming up, T.J. Watt says he's being held and refs aren't throwing the flag and we're going to ask Booger McFarlane how he sees it. We'll also ask him how he thinks LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels stacks up against Caleb Williams and Drake May. Pablo, the great outcome here is if they each score 30 and if Trubisky and Zappi have career nights, which given their careers isn't that hard. It's not that hard Correct. to contemplate. <laughs> That's right. Grading on the card in the interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Weddings are all about the bride and groom, but they're a chance to look your best, too. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though they start at just $499. It's easier than ever to be impeccably dressed with Indochino, so order your custom suits now and be ready for wedding season. Design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, and more. 
That's right. It's bespoke without the premium price tag. Suits start at just $499 and fitted shirts at $89. To make life even easier, you can set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. But if you prefer a premium in-person experience, just book an appointment at a showroom near you and let an Indochino style guide walk you through every step. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code PTI to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code PTI. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Grey Goose, part of Happy Hour. Let's dig back into football with our great friend ESPN NFL and college football analyst Booger McFarlane, today wearing his shirt from Southern Highlands in Las Vegas. Let's start with this. Mm. T.J. Watt said, and I'm quoting him now, Book, the NFL has something going against me. Um, he feels that referees aren't throwing the flag that they should, that he's being held and he's not getting flags. You played defense. I'm sure you can sympathize with him. But is this what you see with T.J. Watt? Yeah, I can definitely sympathize with him, although I was never as good as T.J. Watt. Uh, I think T.J. Watt's issue is this, is that he's so good. I think right now he's the best defensive player in football. And, Tony, I would almost equate this to, like, when you referee Shaq. Like, Shaq was so good and so dominant that any time you committed a normal foul against Shaq, they wouldn't call it. And everybody would complain that he's getting hacked and he's getting killed. But guess what? It looks so, like, nonchalant. The referees didn't call it. What's well, the same thing with T.J. Watt? Like, he's so good and he's so dominant that when they hold, if they don't go above and beyond the normal hold, then the refs are like, yeah, we're not going to call that, T.J. And so he's almost being penalized for being too good. I'd rather be in that situation yeah. than the opposite. But he's the best de- defensive player in football right now. He's just getting penalized just a little bit for it. Well, Booger, I want to get into the mind of defensive players even more here because a bit more conspicuous commentary came from the Browns. Several defenders there said they'd rather face Trevor Lawrence than C.J. Beathard. Of course, Trevor Lawrence has this high ankle issue. So as a defensive player, would you rather face the guy with the high ankle or the backup healthy? Well, first of all, those guys are lying. That's number one, because if Trevor Lawrence (laughs) is on the field, that means he's healthy enough to play. And I'd rather go against a backup than a guy healthy like Trevor Lawrence. And I truly understand what they're trying to say. You want to go against the guy that's injured, the guy that's not going to move as much, the guy that's going to be sitting there in the pocket like a sitting duck. And this is no disrespect to C.J. Beathard at all, because I think he's been a comparable backup in this league, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. But if Trevor Lawrence is able to get out there on the field, nobody wants to go against him because he's 6'6", 240 pounds. He's a generational-type prospect, and he's just starting to grow into his own. And as he's ascended, hasn't this Jacksonville Jaguar team ascended the same way? Like, they were just playing Mm -hmm. for the number one seed in the entire conference on Monday night. Now, I know the game didn't go the way they wanted to, but you understand what type of quarterback Trevor Lawrence is, and let's hope he can get back on the field real soon. Well, another would-be number one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, they lose to the Niners, Booger. I want to get more psychology lessons from you. So how are you feeling if you're an Eagle right now looking ahead after that loss to this game on Sunday against the Cowboys? Well, this is almost a must-win for the Philadelphia Eagles, and here's the reason I say that. 
because the San Francisco 49ers came in your house and they punked you. More importantly, that defense didn't play as well. Think about this, Pablo. A year ago, they had the number one pass defense in football. This year, mm. they're almost at the bottom being the worst. The pass defense isn't the same. And guess what? The front guys up front rushing the passer are the same. But overall, the defense isn't playing well as a whole. And so I think when you travel on the road to go, go against this Dallas Cowboy football team that you, that you know, they're sitting there waiting. They've had more than seven days off because they played on last Thursday night. And this is the right. biggest game maybe in, 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 in Arlington Stadium history based on the Dallas Cowboys and where they want to go trying to get to the number one seed. So if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you got to show up and you got to prove that guess what? Even though San Francisco came in our house and beat us, we still are one of the teams to beat. Because if you lose this game against Dallas at Texas Stadium, then I think it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to have to go back and, and, and regroup and really figure out what your season is going to be like the rest of the way. I will get you out of here on this, and it's a college question. Everybody knows that you went to LSU, so I'm going to ask you about the Heisman. Do you think that Jaden Daniels will win the Heisman? And if you do, where would you rate him in the draft against the presumed top picks, Caleb Williams and Drake May? Well, first of all, to answer your question, is he going to win the Heisman? I would ask you, is fat meat greasy, Tony? The answer to that is yes. I know you don't eat fat meat, but I'll help you out. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> number two, uh, when you compare him to other quarterbacks in the draft, Tony, I, I would look at it this way. We came into the season saying it was Caleb Williams. He was by far and away number one, and Drake May was number two. But I just look at where Jaden Daniels started in September of 2022 against Florida State, and he looked like he was seeing ghosts out there to where he is now. He's likely going to be the Heisman Trophy winner, and I think he's creeping up right there. I know he's quarterback three right now for me. Maybe even quarterback too, Tony. If you watch how he plays in the pocket, you watch his poise, he's no longer running to run. He's running when the defense tells him he can run. He's poised. He's calm. He can, he's accurate. He can throw a really, really good deep ball. And oh, by the way, when he does take off, he's going to run 4.4 in the 40. So I know Caleb Williams is probably going to go one, Tony. But don't be surprised if Jaden Daniels goes number two ahead of Drake May. You heard it here first. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Booger, as always. Much thanks. Thank you. Anytime. And I would suggest that you and Pablo try some fat meat. It is rather greasy. <laughs> I would think so. Oh, Let's I'm take one last break. Still to come, the Pistons lose their 18th straight game. And the Pelicans and Lakers battle for a spot in the in-season tournament final. I love having Booger on the show. Love having Booger I on the show. I do as well. Um, my physical exam might yield different cholesterol results after that interview, though. My, my mom might not <laughs> like what I'm about to do after the show today. I've been inspired. <laughs> the NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy 29th birthday, Pete Alonso. Alonso is built like a prototypical power hitter, and he delivers like one. His rookie year with the Mets 2019, Alonso hit 53 home runs, drove in 120. This season, he had 46 home runs, third in the National League. He drove in 118 runs, second in the league. But his batting average was a slight 217, the lowest of his career. And long-suffering Mets fans like me call this a Dave Kingman season. Alonso had 192 home runs in his Mets career. He's been in four home run derbies. He's won two. He's a three-time All-Star. I have wondered how he got the nickname Polar Bear. Alonso said it was given to him by former teammate Todd Frazier, who simply said, and I'm quoting here, you look like a polar bear. Yeah, as a general rule, I feel like if someone gets nicknamed any sort of bear, it's not quite a compliment. I remember talking to Chris <laughs> Felica, the bear, Tony, about how he got his nickname. Apparently, Lee Corso walked up to him one day and said, you look like a bear. All you do is sleep and poop all day, except he didn't use poop. He used another word for it. Yeah. But I was like, I guess that does track technically. Happy anniversary, Pat Riley. On this day, 37 years ago, the Lakers coach became the fastest NBA coach in history to get the 300 wins with a 32-point blowout of the Golden State Warriors. Riley finished with 1,210 regular season wins. That's an average of 50 a season. Of course, it helped have Magic and Kareem and James Worthy and Byron Scott and Michael Cooper and Mitch Kupchak in L.A. with him. In a bit of irony, 33 years later, None other than Warriors coach Steve Kerr broke Riley's record and got his 300th win in just 377 games. Riley needed 416. Of course, it helped to have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green in the Bay Area with him. This season, though, even with them, the Warriors are 10 and 11. Tony, this is a take I can only give when I do this show specifically with you, but Pat Riley's greatest legacy is not those numbers. It's his fashion sense. When I watch the NBA now, I'm horrified. I'm horrified at what the legacy of great Armani suits has become. What are you guys doing? Dress like an adult. There is no suit off the rack or custom made that Pat Riley can't wear and look great (laughs) in. He's just built that way. Looks great and different. Happy trails to the 18th game in a row for the Pistons. By virtue of losing last night to a bad Memphis team by 14 points, despite holding a two-point lead at the top of the fourth quarter at home, the Detroit Pistons have now lost 18 games in a row. The NBA record for consecutive losses in one season is 26 by Cleveland in 2011 and your Sixers in 2014. The Pistons' next five games are against winning teams, Orlando, Indiana, Philadelphia twice, and Milwaukee. That could get the Pistons to 23, within spitting distance of the record. Speaking of spitting, which is a fair reaction to a team this bad, the San Antonio Spurs lost again last night. That's their 15th in a row. So they chase Detroit as Detroit chases history. I want to remind everybody, because of course the possessive came up, my Sixers in your read there, that when the Sixers were this bad for this long, the NBA basically forced their general manager, Sam Hinkie, to leave the sport forever. So I ask everybody watching these Pistons, is anyone worried? 
Is anyone concerned that they have a run right now that is worse than a team that tried to be bad for draft picks? I guess the question you ask for a team this bad, Tony, and you must ask it, is do they have a plan here? Because otherwise, this is utterly rank incompetence in excess of anything that I can remember. Well, you know, the Spurs shouldn't be this bad. They have Wembanyama. Everybody says Wembanyama is the greatest player of all time. They, they shouldn't be this bad. Let's go to the big finish if we could. Joel Embiid had 50 in a win over the Wizards. Wizards. Are you impressed? I know. Despite your loathing implicit in that question, I am. <laughs> Deion Sanders, though, landed a five-star offensive lineman recruit. Your thoughts? Okay, so he's got his son at quarterback. So he's got to get a good offensive line. And he needs a good defensive line. That's where they got hurt. By the end of the season, they were giving up far too many points. Jason Kelsey says he's resigned to the NFL, banning the tush push. Are you surprised? Well, this has moved to a different level of boasting now because, of course, no one can stop them doing that. Kelsey is now saying no one can stop us in general when it comes to quarterback sneaks, so bring it on. It's kind of a wise move, actually. Lamar Jackson was not on the practice field for the Ravens today. Is that significant to you? It could be. He gets hurt all the time. He has not been hurt this year, but he's listed as questionable for a home game against the Rams this week. You always worry. Last one, the second yeah. in-season tournament semifinalist tonight, the Pelicans and the Lakers. Who you got? I will take the Lakers. I'll take LeBron James. I'm still a LeBron James stockholder, despite everything else that we've been saying. Yeah, he's probably going to win this thing. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre, the host of Pablo Torre Finds Out. Here's a sign that's way nicer now. Subscribe on various podcast platforms. But for now, here is SportsCenter. Did you win some award as the best podcast in the world?